Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you and praise you for the good news of the birth of your Son. As we consider your word now, help me to preach it faithfully. Help us all to treasure it and ponder it in our hearts. Help us to come to Jesus in faith and fill our hearts with the hope and joy of knowing him as our Savior and King. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, where can we find real hope and joy this Christmas? Where can we find real hope and joy this Christmas? Uh, if you're anything like me, we entered 2021 on a note of cautious optimism. After a very challenging 2020 with COVID and lockdowns, uh, finally things were beginning to look up at the end of last year. Churches were reopening, borders were reopening, Vaccines had been developed and were already being rolled out in some countries. But then, of course, it all changed. There was a Delta variant, skyrocketing cases, strict lockdowns, churches were closed, there was political instability, there was destructive floods, and economic crisis as well. It has been a very difficult year, I think, for many of us. And, and through all these challenges and isolation, Many people have struggled uh, emotionally uh, amidst the stress. I think many have experienced conflict at work, at home, uh, and perhaps even in the church as well, as we've struggled to live for the Lord Jesus through it all. I'm quite sure as we look forward to 2022, we again hope that this whole thing will be over. But of course, with this Omicron variant now, uh, there's a prospect of fresh challenges ahead. And so I suspect this Christmas that uh, hope and joy may not necessarily be our dominant emotions. Uh, we may instead feel anxious, tired, insecure, or even hopeless. So I ask you, where can we find real hope and joy this Christmas? Uh, well, of course, it's the birth of Jesus that should give us real hope and joy, because at, at Christmas we celebrate that Jesus is God's gift of a saviour and king, and, and that message, if we really understand it and believe it, it will bring us overwhelming hope and joy, no matter what struggles we are facing around us. Now, I want us to look at Luke's account of Jesus' birth here in chapter, Luke chapter 2, and uh, Luke tells us at the beginning of his gospel that he's actually consulted all the eyewitnesses who saw these things. He's written it all down in an orderly account. He wants us to have certainty that what we read here is actually what happened. These are not just made-up events like Santa Claus and the elves and all that. And so look how he introduces in verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. So Luke tells us exactly when all this happens, during the reign of Augustus and Quirinius. He tells us where it happens, in Bethlehem. And he tells us why they were there, this census that were called. He, he wants to leave us in no doubt. These are historical events at real times, in real places, witnessed by real people who Luke himself talked to. But of course this introduction also sets up a real contrast between the rulers of 
Jesus' day and King Jesus himself. You see, calling a census like this was a way of asserting your power, uh, you know, by counting all the people that belong to you, uh, and it also meant that you could make them pay their taxes so you could get even more money. Caesar Augustus was evidently a very powerful king. And whilst Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, we're told, is of the house and lineage of the great King David, who reigned a thousand years earlier, there seems nothing that is kingly or powerful about the birth of Jesus. Mary, who's now heavily pregnant, is forced on a long journey, only to find that there's nowhere to stay in Bethlehem. And so verse 6, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And we might ask this evening why we still remember the birth of Jesus over 2,000 years ago, born in a small town to a poor family in rather awful circumstances. But of course, Luke wants us to be certain this evening that this was no ordinary child. Now, his birth was heralded no less by a company of angels in the heavens, sent to explain to us why Jesus' birth is so important and why it gives us such hope and joy for the future. Uh, verse 8, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now the angel's message here helps us to understand what Christmas is all about and why it can bring us deep and lasting joy. Well, firstly, we see here that Jesus is God's gift of a king. Jesus is God's gift of a king. He says, unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ, the Lord. So notice again, Jesus is born uh, in the city of David, in, in Bethlehem. David was the king a thousand, in 1000 BC. And to him, God had made some amazing promises that one of his descendants would be king forever. One of his descendants would rule over everyone and every, everything, and that descendant would be called the Christ or the Messiah. And so the angel announces that that promised king has arrived. Christ is born. Now, Christ is not Jesus' surname here. He's not Jesus Christos or something like that. Christ is his title, like Datuk or Your Royal Highness or something like that, it means God's promised king. And so the angel is announcing the one who's going to rule over the world forever has arrived. Jesus Christ, your king and mine. But the angel pushes it even further here. He says, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. Uh, notice Jesus is not simply called the Christ, but Christ the Lord. Uh, because Jesus Christ was not simply a human being. He was fully human, but he was also fully God as well. That title, Lord, is used throughout the Old Testament to describe God. Uh, Jesus was no less than God himself 
in human flesh. God himself come to save and rule his people. As 600 years before the birth of Jesus, God had promised through the prophet Isaiah that into the darkness of our world would come a great light. For God himself would be born among us as a child, a child who would be king forever. We saw it in that Old Testament reading in Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Uh, Verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And in each of those four titles is a divine name. He is wonderful. He's God. He's everlasting. He's the Prince of Peace. And we're told what he would come for. He would bring comfort. He would be mighty to save. He'd be full of love and care like a father. The Prince of Peace. And in verse 7, as we read on, we see what his kingdom would be like. We're told of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. We're told he's going to rule forever in a kingdom of righteousness and justice. He will multiply peace. Can you imagine a ruler like that? Can you imagine a kingdom like that? It's true, we do live in a world that is full of darkness and despair, don't we? We live in a fallen world that's under the judgment of God. And every day we experience this darkness, the darkness of disease, the darkness of disaster, the darkness of death. We live in a world of pandemics and floods, a world of depression and despair, a world of greed and lies, tribalism and racism, of violence and corruption. And we long for a better world, don't we? We long for a world of righteousness, justice, a world of peace. We long for the kingdom of God. And that is why Christmas is such good news for us. Because 2,000 years ago, we're told that God entered our world with all of its darkness and despair in the person of Jesus Christ. He didn't abandon us to the chaos and say, who cares? The divine child was born who would usher in God's kingdom of righteousness and peace where everything would be made right. And so Jesus was born. He grew up. He lived a life of perfect love and justice to show the kind of king he would be. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he calmed the raging storm to give us a glimpse of what his kingdom would be like. And then he died on the cross and rose again, once and for all to prove that he is God's eternal king and to invite us into his kingdom. And so this evening, if you're feeling weighed down by this never-ending pandemic, if you're grieved this Christmas, because of 
the loved ones that have passed on before you. If your heart right now is anxious or afraid or full of brokenness and pain, this is good news, isn't it? We celebrate Christ is King. He's ushered in God's kingdom. And when he returns, he will bring that kingdom to its full consummation, a new creation where we'll never again be stained by sin and death. Imagine that, a world where there's no more variance, a world where there's no more face masks all the time, a world where we're not separated from our loved ones all the time, no more stress, heartaches, pains, worries, don't you want a world like that? No more sickness, no more pain, no more crying. A world of endless joy, goodness, peace. That's the new normal Jesus Christ came to bring. Do you see we can find real joy this Christmas, real hope this Christmas? Because Jesus is God's gift of a king. But there's a second reason here why Christmas is so worth celebrating, and that is that Jesus is God's gift of a saviour. Jesus is God's gift of a saviour. And again, Luke is at pains to show us how different King Jesus is to the rulers of this world. We live in a world where kings and rulers often serve themselves, using their, their power and position for self-advancement. But in verse 6 of this passage, Jesus is not born to nobility, but to a young virgin girl. In verse 7, he's not placed in the palace crib, but in a manger for animals. In verse 8, his first visitors are not royal officials, but mere shepherds. And Jesus' humble birth anticipates why he came. Not to be served, but to serve, to lay down his life for us as our saviour. Verse, verse 11 says, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. A Saviour, of course, is someone who comes to rescue people from trouble. We've had our floods here, but I wonder if you remember a couple of years ago, the floods in uh, Thailand and the boys from the soccer team that were trapped in the cave there uh, as the, 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 the floodwaters filled the cave. It was an impossible situation. They couldn't escape. But the impossible became possible after 23 days trapped in the cave and painstaking preparations by over 10,000 volunteers. The boys were rescued from the cave alive. They were saved from certain death. And so Jesus comes as our saviour to rescue us from certain death when we couldn't save ourselves. Actually, the, the, the brokenness that we experience in the world around us, it's one way that, that God is shouting out to us that not is all right with this world. We have a broken relationship with him. We live in a fallen world that has rejected God's rightful rule and has come under his judgment. Now, that's why all these things are happening around us. And it's not just the, the darkness out there of, of, of other people. But the darkness, if we're honest, is in the hearts of every one of us. We have what the Bible calls a sin problem. Let me put it this way. Imagine someone gave you a Christmas present. Uh, so you, uh, sorry, you're giving someone a Christmas present. You bought it. 
you wrapped it, and uh, then you go and give it to your friend. But instead of thanking you for the present, they push it back to you, and they say, I don't want you or your present. I've got something better, thank you very much. Get lost. I'm sure you'd be uh, rather angry, offended, strike them off the Christmas list for next year, maybe. Now, our sin is a bit like that. Because God is the one who's given us everything we have, our life, our family, our friends. It's all from him. It's a gift from him. But we say no to him. We fail to love him, obey him, thank him, as we should. Perhaps we have worshipped other gods in the place of him. Perhaps we've made idols of our family or our work or, or our comforts. Perhaps we just simply ignore him so we can live how we want. But we've all disobeyed him. Our hearts are all full of this greed and selfishness and pride. We pursue other things for joy and happiness instead of, instead of him. And, and so the Bible says we have a sin problem. God is angry with our sin. We deserve judgment. We deserve death. We need rescue. And we can't rescue ourselves. We can't do more good things to make up for the bad things we've done. We can't think, oh, I'll just come to church a few more times. This year, not just Christmas, I'll come at Easter as well. Then God will be happy with me. No thanks. We can't earn our way into his kingdom. We can't save ourselves. Without our sins forgiven, without Jesus' rescue, we can never be part of that perfect kingdom that he came to bring. So I want to ask you this evening, have you recognised your sin problem? Have you recognised your need to be saved? These days we're all doing uh, these COVID tests, isn't it? Everywhere you go, whatever, you've got to have a COVID test. Even you go for Christmas lunch this year, you've got to do a COVID test just to make sure that you don't have COVID. Have you done a sin test on your heart? Are you sin positive? What are you going to do about it? Can't go to the doctor to fix it. We will never experience the joy and the hope of Christmas until we recognize we need a savior and we can't save ourselves. But of course at Christmas we celebrate with joy because God has given us the savior we need. Jesus has come to rescue us from God's judgment, to bring us peace with God. Now, that's what the angels sing about in this passage. Look at uh, verse 13. Suddenly there was, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. They, they, they're glorifying God because Jesus came to bring peace. Uh, peace doesn't mean that you know, the world's not going to fight anymore. Peace doesn't mean all the conflicts are suddenly going to disappear. Peace doesn't mean that all my troubles is, eventually, is immediately going to go away right now. The peace he comes to bring is peace with God. No longer his enemies, but now reconciled to him. At peace. Pleased. He's pleased with us. How would Jesus bring us that peace? Of course, we celebrate Christmas this evening because of Easter. We celebrate the birth of Jesus because of the death of Jesus. If there was no Easter, we wouldn't be here for Christmas, would we? Because Jesus was born as a baby, that he might die 
on the cross. Jesus was born that he would live the perfect life that we haven't lived. And so that he would die the death that we deserve. There on the cross at Easter, he would suffer for our sins in our place. He would take the punishment that we deserve so that we could be forgiven and have peace with God. Friends, do you know this peace with God this evening? Do you know the joy of having your sins forgiven? It's, it's one thing to come back you know, with your COVID test result. Oh, I'm okay. I don't have COVID. What wonderful news to have your sins forgiven, the gift of eternal life. Jesus is God's gift of a king. Jesus is God's gift of a saviour. Where can we find real hope and joy this Christmas? It's by turning to him as our saviour and king. Look again one final time at the shepherd's words, the angel's words. Fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I don't know if you noticed, but we see that note of joy all throughout this passage. The joy as the angels cry out, glory to God in the highest. The joy of the shepherds as they come and they're seeking Jesus in the manger, just as they were told. The joy of Mary as she treasures up all these things and ponders them in her heart. And we're told in verse 20, right at the end, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. Indeed, they are so overwhelmed with joy. Not only do they burst out in praise to God, but they, they go around sharing the news to everyone that they meet. In verse 17, we read, When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told concerning this child. They go about saying, The baby has been born. The Savior is here. The King has come. And verse 18, we're told, who, Whoever heard it wondered with amazement at what the shepherds told them. Do you see, the extent to which we will find joy at Christmas is the extent to which we have understood who Jesus really is. Say that again. The extent to which we will find joy at Christmas is the extent to which we have understood who Jesus really is. Like Mary, we need to treasure up these things Ponder them in our hearts. Who is this child? And if we've really understood who he, is, who he is and what he came to do, we will be overwhelmed with joy for what he's done for us. Doesn't mean our problems will all go away. That we'll wake up tomorrow, the pandemic will be over. That our stress will be gone but we'll face all those things in a very different way because deep in our hearts we'll have an unshakable joy and hope that can't be broken by the circumstances around us because we know our Saviour has come, our King has come, and one day we'll be with him forever. Well, do you have that joy this Christmas. I want you to imagine that 
You go home tonight, and there's a big Christmas present under the Christmas tree. And guess what? It's got your name on it. That present is yours. It's been given to you. It's available to you. Now, the thing is, as long as you leave it wrapped up under the tree, it's quite useless, isn't it? It's just an ornament. You need to open a gift to enjoy it. And it's the same for us this evening. God has given us Jesus to be our Savior and King, but we need to accept his gift. And the way we accept it is by trusting in Jesus as our personal Savior and King. And and that's what the shepherds do in this passage. Having heard from the angels who Jesus is, they go in faith to find him. And having found him, they go off with joy and make him known and glorify and praise God. Will you go to Jesus this Christmas? Will you receive him with faith as your Savior and King? Because unless you do that, you will never experience this lasting joy and hope that Christmas is all about. Now, if you're someone who already knows that hope and joy because you've already trusted Jesus as your Savior and King, then will you, like the shepherds, go out with joy this Christmas and make him known? Whatever you do, don't keep this good news to yourself, will you? You know, as you go off tonight, tomorrow, whatever you've planned, to meet with your friends, meet with your family, remember to tell them with joy, what is this Christmas all about? And invite them to know this Jesus as their own Savior and King. And as you go home this evening, will you give God the glory and the praise for all that he has done for you through his Son? Well, I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank and praise you for the wonderful gift that you have given us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you sent him into the darkness of this world, that he might establish your perfect kingdom, where all that is dark and evil in this world will be overturned. We thank you, Lord, that you sent him to be our Saviour, that he was born as a child, that he might die for our sins on the cross and we might have peace with you. Heavenly Father, despite all that's going on in our lives right now, there are so many challenges and difficulties. We pray that you would give us this real hope and joy as we come to Jesus in faith even now. Help us, Lord, to treasure up these things in our hearts, to really ponder them. Help us to rejoice in what you've done, to spread this news to others. We join with the angels to give you all glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.